Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 16, verse 3. Let's go. I'm just going to start reading from 16.1 so we catch up. So we're talking about Hagar and Ishmael. We've got Abram, who's married to Sarai. They got a maidservant out of Egypt when they were in Egypt. The Pharaoh got a, gave them a maidservant named Hagar. And here we're bringing into the picture Hagar. There are no children in the picture, not between Abram and his wife Sarai, and not between Abram and Hagar. It says, verse 1, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please, go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. So, they were pushing things. They weren't waiting on God's timetable. God had just made an incredible covenant with Abram, and he didn't heed. He didn't. He was like, "We need to speed this thing up." His wife's like, "We need to speed this thing up because I can't have children, and we don't have children." And dude, you're like 85, 86 years old. So she said, "Go have relations with my servant." So here we go in verse three. Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. After Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So let's break that down. So Sarai who's married to Abram, we'll later know them as Sarah and Abraham, but right now it's Sarai and Abram, took Hagar, her maid, so it's a maidservant that they got out of Egypt, someone to help around the, the house and stuff, and it says the Egyptian. She, was, she reminds us that she was an Egyptian, where she came from. So he came out of Egypt uh, after the Pharaoh, after the lie. He lied and said that Sarai was his wife, came out with a lot of money and a lot of servants, and this is one of the servants. It says, gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. So the custom then was if you couldn't have children, that you could have relations with your maidservant, and it would be as though you were married to that person. It would be as though that child were your offspring. And so they were trying to rush this whole thing, and it was Sarah's idea. Um, it was Adam's idea, or Abra, uh, Eve's idea in the garden, and Adam went along with it. He didn't speak up. He wasn't leading like he should have been here. Abram wasn't leading like he should have been. Abram was leading poorly when they went into Egypt, and he said that it was his Sarai, his wife, was his uh, sister, and didn't say that it was also his wife, so he revealed crucial information that made it a complete lie. And it says here, after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan, so they'd been 10 years in this land that God had promised him, he's becoming impatient. Now here's the question for you, and for me, but I'm going to pose it to you. Do you ever get impatient? I do. What do you do about that? You have really a couple of options. You can get frustrated, which a lot of people do. You can try to push things through, even though you don't feel, you either feel in your, you know, what I'd call your gut or something that you shouldn't be doing. You prayed about it and maybe God told you to wait, but you're just pushing anyways. Or you actually just pray and wait. And I've been on both sides of that fence and I, I probably will for the rest of my life. I'm becoming more on the patient side with more and more things, but in my flesh, I still have impatience, and I have to work on that. So I encourage you to think about that and think about what, right now, you may be impatient with and what you could work on, right? This is what we want to extract from the Bible. So we're observing it, we're reading it, we're interpreting it. What does it mean in light of culture, the other verses, what's God trying to tell us, etc.? And then the application is, what does it mean to me? How can I actually go and apply this? So if there's anything in your life right now, just stop and think. You can even pause this and come back to it that you're impatient about. Maybe you really want that raise and it's it's grinding on you. 
maybe you are really wanting to have that first child or that next child and it's wearing at you. Whatever it may be, what are you being impatient with? Take it to God and trust Him as His timing. It's much easier to say than to act it out, but God calls us to act these things out because He wants us to be conformed to His character. Verse 4, So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. So Abram, a married man, had relations with his maidservant, Hagar, and she became pregnant. She conceived. The baby wasn't born, and yet it was conceived, right? Society today is trying to do horrible things to babies in mom's wombs. And I'll move on from that. And when she saw that he had conceived, oh, sorry, when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Verse 5. Then Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I give my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. So let's read that again. Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. So she's saying, I did something wrong. I, I, I told you to go have relations with the maidservant, to push God's timetable time along, take matters into our own hands, and it backfired. It screwed up because now we've got this problem. It says, I gave my maid into your embrace. So she's, she's admitting, saying, I gave Hagar to you. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. So she's saying, when Hagar find, found out that she was pregnant, I, Sarai, became despised because she felt like Hagar was elevating herself above Sarai or to as an important place above Sarai. And I would say probably a higher place because she's saying, you may be a wife to Sarai, but I'm a wife with child of his, with a descendant. We are going to have nations come through me, right? That's probably what's going on here, or at least what uh, each of them might be thinking a little bit. So you've got all these problems, and this is why you don't have polygamy. Uh, there's lots of Mormons. I'm not saying the majority. I'm saying lots of them, though, uh, who do have these polygamy polygamous relationships. You'll see it in many um, uh, is Islamic countries as well. You'll see it around, and it just doesn't work. It's too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Um, I know I couldn't be married to more than one woman. I wouldn't want to. Even though the flesh, you know, may say, "Well, that sounds cool, right?" You just kind of, whatever. But the emotional side and the relationship side that would never work. And why she thought this might be able to work, I don't know. But I didn't. I'm not living in her culture. And so here we go. Um, it says, "I, the the Lord judge between you and me." Verse six. So Abram said to Sarai, "Quote: Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her." As you please. End quote. So Abram's saying to his wife, It's your maid. Do what you like. Right? Take matters into your own hands. He's not stepping up as the man and the leader. He's deferring it. He's basically saying, Hey, you gave her to me. Now you go do whatever you want. I had my fun. I'll be on my way. You go deal with this. It's y'all's problem. It's Hagar's problem because she's pregnant. It's your problem because you're jealous and angry. It's not my problem. I had fun, right? That's probably what's going on between the three of them. But he didn't step up as a man and say, you know what? I should not have done this. I know you suggested it, but I should not have done this. Men, if your wife suggests, I don't think any of your wives are going to suggest this, but if they suggest that you do something that you know you ought not do, then don't do it. If your wife is saying, hey, let's go get drunk. Hey, let's go smoke a joint. 
hey, let's go whatever it is. You know better. Don't do it. And women, same thing with your man. If he's suggesting that y'all do something and you know it violates God, don't do it. Talk him out of it. Walk away from it. And that's what Abram should have done is taken responsibility and taken accountability. Unfortunately, in our culture, we're becoming a culture that has no responsibility and no accountability. How do we know that? Because I think it's over 50% of the people population right now. It's certainly close to that. Don't even want police. They don't want jails. They want people to be able to steal and not go to jail. There is city after city, county after county, and state after state in this country have said, hey, if you steal under X, $3,000, $7,000, $20,000, you won't go to jail. So people are like, I can break into a house and I won't go to jail as long as I don't have X number of dollars worth of merchandise on me. They want people to not go to jail for rape, for murder, just say, ah, whatever. We just live in a society. You just got to slap your own hand. It's horrible. There's no responsibility. There's no accountability. Very, very sad. And... So it says in verse 6, the end part, it says, And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, who's she doing harshly with? With Hagar, the maidservant. It says she fled from her presence. So Hagar fled from the presence of Sarai. So when she fled, she probably thought that she and her baby, who we'll find out the name in a minute, will be Ishmael. She probably thought that they would die because of all the harsh conditions, not having money, resources, ties, Right? They were taken out of the land of Egypt into this land of Canaan. She probably doesn't know anybody. What's she going to do? And notice that Sarai was mad at Hagar for something that Sarai did. And she didn't even know that. Uh, and there we go. What's so interesting is that we humans tend to not like people who remind us of ourselves. And people whom we see our own sins. Like if we see someone who's a workaholic and we're a workaholic, we're probably not going to like that person. If we see someone who's judgmental and we're judgmental, we're probably not going to like that person. If we see someone who is, I can't come up with anything else right now, we're probably not, uh, you know, super competitive, we're probably not going to like that person. It's, you know, probably human nature. It's like looking in the mirror and we see our ugly side in another person. But here, Sarai is probably mad at herself and yet taking it out on Hagar instead of being honest with herself and taking accountability and responsibility. We do that too, Right? When we get angry, what do we do? We tend to point the finger at someone else instead of taking responsibility. We're angry and upset and we're driving home from work and someone just does the smallest thing and we just get upset with them and the, you know, the bird is thrown or ugly look or you're pointing the finger at them. But remember, anytime you point the finger at someone, you're still with your hand right now. You've got three more fingers pointed back at you, right? We should not cast our problems on other people. So may we understand that. And the next time that we get angry, may we realize when we're trying to be angry about someone else because we're angry at ourselves. May we learn to take responsibility and accountability. That's what God's holding us to. And that really is one of the hardest, one of the reasons why it's so hard for people to come to Jesus. Is Jesus is saying, you have to take accountability and responsibility for your actions. You have to admit that you're a sinner in desperate need of a Savior, that you cannot earn your way to heaven. You don't deserve heaven. That you are not God. Right? Take accountability and responsibility of all that and bow down to your Creator. And people are like, mm-mm, I'm going to earn my way. I'm going to work my way. Nope, I'm going to pray this number of times a day. Nope, I'm going to live in Salt Lake City and attend this chapel. Nope, I'm going to go to Mass on you know every Sunday and I'm going to you know, put holy water on and say rosemary. Mm-mm. 
It's about accountability and responsibility and humbling ourselves before the Almighty God who is infinite and we are finite. Lord, thank you. I pray that as we're studying this, that you would show us each something, myself included, of something that we are being impatient with right now. And rather than pushing through it and forcing it, help us to pray about it and to trust you in your timing. I know several examples just came to my, my mind as I said that in my life and others' lives around me. And I pray that you would help us to be patient uh, and for the people I'm thinking about to be patient in those situations. And Lord, when we get up, help us to take accountability and responsibility for our actions and not project our anger on other people and point the finger. Help us just to humble ourselves and to serve and to love people, even if they do hurt us. In your amazing name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.